Shalom, my friends. Jim Martin coming to you once again. Today we're looking especially at Deuteronomy chapter 24, starting around verse 10. So if you would get your copy of Scripture and be turning in whatever translation, whatever language speaks to your heart, the title is Set Free to Serve. Now that we are set free, what is it that we're supposed to do? We're different now. We're free. We're not bound by the slavery, in our case, to sin. So how are we to behave according to our faith and according to our Master, the Lord Jesus Christ? Pray with me. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to come once again to my brothers and sisters throughout the world. And I pray that you would use this teaching to really encourage them to challenge each one of us, Lord, into how we should believe and how we should behave. Yes, we are in 21st century Babylon, but we're moving on here. We've been set free from slavery to sin, to death, and to hell. And, And Lord, we're set free to serve you and to serve one another. So show us how to do that today, Father, and lead us in the paths of righteousness, your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. With gratitude in our heart, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hope you will avail yourself of the show notes that I've given you a link to in my, uh, either in the uh, podcast notes or in the Facebook posts there that I posted a bit earlier today. So get your those uh, those notes. Uh, there's a lot more material there than we're going to be able to cover, and including I've given you the entire sixth chapter of the book of Romans and Paul's letter to the Roman church, along with a trusted commentary to that writing. So, uh, but we're not going to be really going over that too much today. We're going to be looking at especially what God's convicted me of last Sunday during our small group Bible study. In looking at Deuteronomy 24, he he just showed me several passages there, several phrases, if you will, that got my attention and said, well, maybe this is what God would have us to talk about today. So, set free to serve. Uh, As I noted in my show notes, I first gave this teaching about 20 years ago. That's astounding to me that time has flown by that much. I've learned much, I hope, and I hope that uh, what I learned at at the foot of God's teaching through His Word that I've imparted into my modern-day teaching. The notes start out by talking about the Emancipation Proclamation that Abraham Lincoln issued on the 1st of January in 1863. It was... Uh, an announcement that the slaves in America had been set free. This was the abolishment of slavery. And at long last, the people who had been enslaved by human beings here in America had been declared free. Now, it took a long time for that to actually come to fruition. Uh, he, He... Issued that proclamation in 1863. The Civil War uh, raged after that for two to three years, some two years at least, two and a half years, through which hundreds of thousands of men and women and children were killed uh, in battle, in incidents, in horrific 
treatment by their fellow human beings. Just a horrible thing. Now, on the 19th of June of 1865, that proclamation was read in Galveston, Texas, and a notice of that of Abraham Lincoln's proclamation was was posted in Galveston, Texas. I should imagine that the reason I embarked upon this particular little bit of history is because my birthday is June 19th. Here in the United States and in the South, that's called Juneteenth. It's June the 19th. That's when the African Americans, the, the, the black people in Galveston, Texas, and throughout the country, hopefully throughout the world, were notified that they had been officially and legally set free. However, here in the 21st century, Think about that. In the 21st century, in the year of our Lord, 2022, there are over 40 million people in the world still in some form or another of slavery. That's unconscionable. That's hard for us who live in freedom to get our heads around. How can that many people, 40 million people, there are people right here in the United States, right here in Texas, in South Texas. I'm told that there are people here in our community, in our county, who are actually slaves to the sex trade and to other forms of slavery. Now, as much as I'd like to rant and rave and and, uh, preach against that, and I certainly could, that's that's not really the subject of our of our point today. The fact is, we have been set free from slavery to sin. Very few of those people that are in the the sound of my voice here, either on this broadcast or on the ensuing broadcast, have been personally impacted by or familiar with slavery, being enslaved by another person. Now, granted, uh, you may feel like you are, you may feel like you're enslaved in, in a uh, in a bad marriage or relationship or in a job that you hate and, and yet cannot get free from. But let's be honest, you can walk away from those things more than likely. But we have all been slaves to sin. Let's get let's get our notes here and start going over this. The Lord Jesus in confronting the Pharisees in in John's Gospel. It's recorded for us in John's Gospel, especially in chapter 8, where where he tried to tell them very directly and very straightforwardly that they were slaves to sin, and they, they rebuked him for that. They rebuffed him, that very idea that the we're not slaves. We've never been slaves of anybody. Oh, how soon we forget. They were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. They were actually slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And yet, they said, we've never been slaves of anybody. They were slaves as they were standing there arguing with him because they were slaves to their own sin. We were all once slaves to sin. We were born in, in sin. The letter to the Romans, Paul says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He also says in chapter 6 that the wages, the the repercussions, the consequences of sin is death. But life, freedom, 
is a free gift from through Jesus Christ our Lord. We were born into slavery. Look at First John chapter seven. Anyone who continues to practice sin, I'm sorry, First John chapter three, seven through ten says, if you continue to practice sin, now we're all going to sin. We're all going to commit sins. We're all going to fall short of God's grace from time to time, my fr- my friends. But if you're a true child of God, He's not going to let you live there. If you're living in a continual state of sin, continually going back and committing the same sins over and over and over again, you got to say, I am a slave to this sin. As slaves, we had no choice as to how to live. Now, people who are blinded to this fact and who have not been redeemed and set free by the Lord Jesus Christ, my friend, they're going to argue and they're going to challenge us on this. They're saying, what do you mean? I'm free to live in whatever way I choose. Well, see, that's the problem. We think that freedom is the right to do whatever we want. But see, that's not what true freedom is. I've, I've taught on that several times in several different methods and, and media before. That freedom is not the right to do what you want. It is the power to do what you should. And without a moral compass that is set correctly by the Lord Jesus and by His Word implanted and engrafted in our heart and mind and soul, we don't even want to do the right thing. We want to do nothing but please ourselves. See, that's the whole basis for slavery, as I said in my introductory notes. But we were we had no choice but to sin. Paul himself saying, Woe is me! He says, The very things that I'd want to do, I couldn't. I didn't do. And the things that I didn't want to do, I did. Who's going to set me free from this life of death and hell? Praise His name through the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm set free. And a slave is freed only at great price. That's true in human slavery back in our country and, and today. Uh, slaves are, are set free only by paying a great price for their freedom. If you're lo- wanting to look at, at our personal freedom from slavery, the slavery to sin, then that was paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. What shall say, set me free from sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. He paid the price for our freedom, my friends. He paid the price. So we are set free at a great price, and therefore we are not our own. Paul said in in uh, in First Corinthians chapter six, "Your body's not your own." You see, teenagers want to say, "Well, it's my body. I can do whatever I want." It is not your body if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your body does not belong to you. It belongs to Jesus. It belongs to God. It's been bought and paid for with a great, immeasurable price. Okay, so now, even though we were born as slaves, continue to live as slaves, and now we are set free, we are set free from the from the the very influence, uh, not the influence yet, unfortunately, but we are set free. First of all, we're set free legally. You look at Romans chapter 6, verse 18. It tells us that. Uh, Romans 4, 25 through, through 5, 2 
says that we're we're free from the very penalty of sin. What is the penalty of sin? Death, eternal separation from God. Oh, don't go there. Don't go there, my friend. Death is eternal separation from God. You don't have to go there. You're set free from the very penalty of sin. That's the legal aspect. And then we're, we're, we're practically set free in a practical sense. We are free from the power of sin. It no longer holds sway over us. Look at Luke chapter 13, verses 12 through 16. Teaches us that we are set free from the power of sin. Now, the devil's not going to agree with that. He's not going to want, well, he has to agree with it because it's a fact. It's a fact, you know, paid for in blood, written in blood by the Lord Jesus. We are set free from the power of sin. We don't have to act that way anymore. He's given us power to act as we should, to do as we should. And functionally, we are set free. We can now live as we are designed to live, as he redeemed us to live, we are now functionally set free. We can live as he desires for us to live. If if the truth sets you free, Jesus said, you are free indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Free to live as you should. Make the right decisions that will benefit you and will glorify God. Now, the third point I want to make here is that we must understand. Now, this may be a a repetition to some of you who have followed my teaching in the past. That's okay. Let's Let's keep just going over these things over and over again because we're going to need to teach them to others to live by these principles ourselves. Understand what the principles of freedom and prosperity really are. Because these are key concepts to live a life of absolute freedom from slavery. Okay? First of all, freedom, as I said just a moment ago, is not the right to do what we want, but it's the power to do what we should. Right? Okay, we look look at that in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are His craftsmanship. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works, good deeds, that he is ordained beforehand. So that's why we we are free. We're free and set on our path to do good things for one another and for the kingdom of God, to glorify God. And in order to serve one another, God very well may and indeed does prosper us. Now, let's understand prosperity. You know, we live in a very materialistic world, do we not, today? I mean, that's all you see is, uh, hey, you deserve this. I saw that this morning. You deserve this. My friend, the only thing I deserve is eternal hell. But God has set me free from that. He took the punishment for me. I don't deserve it. It's mercy that God's going to let me live in heaven with him forever. If I could sw- just be there as a street sw- sweeper to keep the, the, the golden streets clean, I'd be happy with that. I don't know what he's got for me there. Maybe he'll teach me how to teach. Oh, that'd be great. Prosperity's not having enough money to buy whatever I want, whenever I want, to do whatever I want. 
That's not what prosperity is. Look at the, at the definition that I've given you in your notes. Prosperity is having sufficient resources, all right? Material resources, whatever resources you need to look after yourself and look after your family. Not go into debt. Very important principle of finance there. Don't go into debt. But he, he will give you enough to look after yourself and your family. He wants you to do that, okay? Secondly, he'll give you enough resources to fund the work of the kingdom of God to provide the resources that the church needs, that missionaries and, and mission projects need. I, I can tell you from great experience, uh, extensive experience, that missionary work takes money. It takes a lot of money. I'm, I'm looking at if God allows us to do that, we'll go on mission trips this year. But it's going to take a lot of money, a lot of money. Where's that money going to come from? Well, God will provide it somehow. Not sure how, but he will provide it somehow. And to, to, to fund the work of the church, churches don't run for free. There's utilities, there's building costs, there's, there's paying the workers in the church. Perhaps uh, your church is, is small and doesn't pay, it's all volunteer. Well, it still requires money to run the church. It does. So he will provide his people with the money to... to See that all that goes on. And then thirdly, he'll provide you with enough resources without going into debt to care for the needy. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in a moment if we have time. Okay, so that, that's the, the real definition of prosperity. Those three aspects. Okay, fourthly, to live as free people, as free men and women. We must become slaves once again. He you say, Jim, I do not like, like where this is going. Okay, do you not like the word slave? I don't like it particularly. How about servant? If Okay, this is not in your, your notes, okay? But l let me uh, give you three characteristics of being a slave or God's servant. First of all, you have no personal freedom. Okay, I don't get to call my own shots, as it were. I don't need to, I need, I don't get to independently, by myself, decide what I'm going to do. If I do, I get into trouble. I need to do all this under the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit that He's put within me. So I have, I have no personal resources. Okay, that's the second thing. I have no personal resources. The, you know, I don't own anything. God owns it all. I've turned over the deed to everything I own to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I have no personal resources. There's no personal sacrifice I can make. How could I make a, a, any sacrifice? He's given his very life for me. So I can't say, yes, I'll, I'll give up my Sunday of playing golf and, and go to church and teach. I can't say that. That's no sacrifice, is going to church and teaching and worshiping and, and, and uh, adoring and exalted Him. I, I, I don't get to say that. Why? Because there's no sacrifice I can make that is worthy of Him. And then the third aspect, okay, no resources, no sacrifice, and no limitations. Whatever my master commands me to do, he commissions. He provides the resources, strength, the wherewithal, 
the even the very thoughts that I think, they all come from him. So just remember that those are the three aspects of being a slave or a servant of the Most High God. Okay, to live as freemen, we must become servants. All right, we are we are slaves to, or perhaps you prefer the the term servants of, even though we're children of God, we're his servants of God. We're his servants. I serve the most high God. That's That ought to be on my tombstone. I serve the most high God. Secondly, we are slave to righteousness. In other words, we are obligated to live in righteousness. Romans 6.13 says, we, are, we should be slaves to righteousness. Even the very members of our bodies should be given over to him to serve him in righteousness. And then thirdly, we are servants of, we are enablers of one another so that we might live, help each other to live in righteousness. And we will talk much more about that in our next session. Okay, and we see that in John chapter 13 where Jesus himself was washing the feet of his disciples. Nobody had washed his feet, but he got up in, in that Seder meal, wrapped a, took out his took off his outer cloak, wrapped a towel around himself, and began to wash his disciples' feet, showing them an example of how to serve one another. Now, was that an enabling act? Well, it was a, certainly a servant act. But what we're to do, what I think God would have us to do, yes, maybe maybe we should wash each other's feet. I think we should. But we should enable one another to live the way that God intended us to live. That is what He wants for us. The great teacher and pastor and leader, Martin Luther King, said famously, Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. Uh, We still remember that, don't we? Well, my friends, we can all say that when we are set free from sin. You know, during our baptism, we should come out of that water saying, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Well, my friends, as we close this session, how about you? Have you had an emancipation proclamation? You know, the writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 9 of his letter. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. He has set us free in the covenant of his blood, ratified in his blood, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. See, we're not just slaves set free. We are adopted children into the family of God, partakers of the inheritance in the covenant of God. Now that he has died as a ransom, to set us free from the sins committed under the first covenant. See, nobody can perfectly obey the law of Moses. It was never given to us to save us. It was given to us. The law of Moses was given to us to, to show us the way to God. It was given to us to show us this is how God has designed us to live. And as we violate those commandments we see how short we fall, how far we are.
from being able to please God in our flesh. We can't do it, my brothers and sisters. It cannot be done. But with the Holy Spirit living in us, when we are redeemed, we are living in freedom. We are empowered to live as free people, setting others free who are bound in slavery to sin. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray for those that are listening to these broadcasts, that you would just encourage them and help them to understand that because we are set free, we are to live in a very different way. And Lord, next week we're going to look at what that really means. Lord, thank you for hearing us pray. Thank you for calling me to teach your word. All these things we ask with thanksgiving in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Now live in shalom, in wholeness and completeness and in God's peace. Amen.